I hope you all know what that sound means. Oh my god. Today we're diving essentially right in to a small little beyond parody segment. And this beautiful day. Right beautiful here in, February this, in this very, very cold open. Mm-hmm. In stark contrast to the world around me on this beautiful day. Exactly. You know I'm beautiful I'm it's beautiful. The sun is degrees. out. Exactly. It's perfect weather. Perfect, perfect Michigan February weather. Can't exactly. Lie. Perfect Michigan. Mm-hmm. Not a perfect Wyoming. Climate though. change. Seems pretty it's, good to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, in Wyoming, right? Recently, uh, I don't know exactly when this was passed. I just kind of found the article today. Or not passed. When this was brought about. Mm-hmm. Uh, legislators are trying to make it so that you need to be at least 18 years old to get married. Okay. They're trying to add like a minimum age requirement or an age requirement for marriage, right? There's like eight states that currently don't have one. And they're trying to make it so you need to be at least 18 to get married. Uh, But you can get married at 16 or 17 if you have parental consent. See, 18 sounds about right to me. That's when your adult rights are. That's what I'm saying. That's when you can like consent. Legally, you're, yeah, exactly. You can consent. uh, You can sign contracts Mm -hmm. like a marriage certificate. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and I bet you wouldn't believe which party has come out principally against uh, or principally for child marriage. You know, it can't be the party advocating for the protection of children, right? It can't be the Republican Party. Oh, Jeremy, you're so, so, so wrong. (laughs) Wyoming Republicans blast child marriage bill. Blast. Blast child's marriage bill. Yeah, I've got an article from the uh, CowboyStateDaily.com Blast is talking crazy. about this one. It's it's fucking insane. And I want to read quotes, right? This is what this is what Republicans okay. have to say against this bill. The key issue, the analysis states, is that children under 15 and younger can still get pregnant, but could no longer get married legally if this law passes. Wait a minute. Is this the Matt Walsh bill? Oh, the Matt Walsh response? That's what it fucking sounds like. What, it, right? what, what is going on here? This denies the right of the teen's baby to be raised in a stable home by his or her mother and father, the document says, citing oh. the state constitution's promise of equal protection as a basis. Maybe maybe teens shouldn't be having babies, brother. No, nah, that's that's the funniest part to <laughs> me because it's like, what do you mean a stable home with two 14-year-olds? Right, right. What, what two 14-year-olds are, or, one, getting pregnant, then getting married and, and having a stable home? Or, you know, a 14-year-old and say like a 35-year-old. Old, for yeah, example. yeah, that's because that's really what's going right, on here. Right, that's that's what the basis of this bill is. Republicans take a moral stance against the protection of children. I love it. I think it's fucking insane. Again, parents quote parents by virtue of their right to conceive children have the pre political, i.e., God given responsibility to raise their own children. Bro, there's no pre political rights. Right, it doesn't exist. This right and responsibility includes guiding their own maturing children into the estate of holy matrimony. <laughs> Just all the buzzwords. Fucking insane. Everything. It, it's crazy See, how they whip out the wild theory takes uh-huh. in defense of the most atrocious things like child marriage. You got to love the message discipline, though, because instead of so obviously if like a 14 year old, 15 year old's getting married, like that's a child getting yeah. married. Right. Yeah. Like teenager, whatever. It's a child. Right. Absolutely. But instead of trying to defend those people. <laughs> that are still children, mind you. They go back to defending unborn fetuses that they consider to be people because those fetuses can't push back against any of their rhetoric. Yeah, it's it's, it's not it's about so discipline. It's, it's not crazy. about the fourteen-year-old pregnant girl's right. Who is a child? It's it's about the child she's carrying, the child squared, if you will. Exactly. Uh, the child she's carrying's rights to have a mother and father in a stable exactly. home. Exactly. Which is happening with fourteen-year-olds. And, and we just completely gloss over that they're going to force a child to give birth. It, right. Exactly. Like, exactly. Right. Because that's already like that's been predetermined. Exactly. I don't know what Wyoming's laws are, but I can't can, imagine. I good. can only imagine if this is a this is a strong consideration <laughs> if, in the in the 
halls of their state legislature. Yeah, if, if the GOP in Wyoming's pushing back against this bill, I can only imagine what their stance is on abortion. Oh my god, fucking absolutely insane. Wow, that's bonkers. Real. That's crazy. <laughs> gotta gotta love what they're doing out here in Wyoming. Just the GOP in general. It's just a, it's a perfect microcosm of what the GOP thinks just nationwide. We I'm sure want, they're all like we this. We want to protect the children mm-hmm. by, by, by having them get married when they get pregnant when they're young. Exactly. We don't want to give them the tools to avoid childhood pregnancy because they shouldn't be having sex anyway. Well, this idea that like marriage is what's going to protect you if you have to give birth to somebody or if you're giving birth as yeah. a teenager, like marriage is what's going to save you. Like it feeds into I don't know, so man. many myths. Like it's clearly just like, like maybe these are like quote unquote principled conservatives, right? <laughs> Who are like, oh yeah, child b- kids born out of wedlock statistically fare worse. And they just misunderstand why that is. Yeah. And they're like, oh, so this means that 13 year olds, 12 year olds even should get married. Right. Like there's so many logical inconsistencies here. If you want to force and like obviously we're just so far out of the range of like logical thinking oh yeah like we're, we're just completely delusional here <laughs> we're in fantasy world but if you want to force like a a, a teenager to give birth because you're against abortion in all cases you would think that something like you know universal child care would be nice mm-hmm. or a more ro- or more robust foster care system would be something you should yeah. go for not like forcing a 14 year old 15 year old to become a mother and then you know be subject to marriage with like a 38 year old who's controlling her <laughs> like brother come on now like it's all every every single piece of advocacy the Republicans do is just them admitting that they're actually pedophiles. It's like, fucking it's insane. I I don't get it. I don't get it. We have now the Wyoming Republicans and Matt Gates uh-huh. and a bunch of other people in Congress. It's it's nuts. Principled stance in favor of child marriage. That's right. Uh, classic Republicans. Classic. That's all I got to say. Exactly. Roll the intro. Yeah. No analysis needed. <laughs> Welcome back to Head in the Office, everybody. Boy, do we have the show for you. We're covering the State of the Union today. We got the State of the Union. Uh-huh. Um, uh, carcinogens in the air mm-hmm. in Palestine, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And, East um, Palestine, that is. Uh, kids with guns. Kids with guns. In public. Yeah. Um, you know, I was I was looking at the news this week, and I was thinking, you know, maybe this week will be like a good news week. Yeah, that's kind of what cool I thought. I like, I was like, huh, it's it's kind of like light. The State of the Union's like the biggest thing going on. And then a fucking train fell yeah. off the rails. Yeah, because I was going to put in the show notes this cool um, program that Gretchen Whitmer is trying to uh, bring forth, which is just like universal lunch paid yeah. for everybody. Free lunch available to K-12 through uh, students in school. Objectively good. Objectively good thing. I don't know if it's going to pass. It's a part of like her, mm-hmm. her plan right now. Um, we were going to cover that, but uh, some other pressing matters came up, and none of them good. None of them, <laughs> not, a, not a single one of them, in fact. None of them good. But before we get into the episode, I'll remind you all, as always, I'll employ you. In, in fact, you know what? I'll beg. I'll beg. I'll, I'll beg. I'm on my knees. Please. I'm pleading. Go to the Patreon. Consider becoming a patron. Get access to early episodes. And, you know, we just, this last week, this last episode, we posted a bonus, uh, uh, some behind-the-scenes footage we onto our Patreon. We were shooting shit a little bit before we were. We, uh, while we were rolling, but mm-hmm. we, before we started shooting, if you know what I mean. And, and it was a little, you know, Twitter happening that didn't make it into the episode. And if goofy. you want to see that kind of stuff, you got to become a patron. Exactly. I'm just saying, it's, it's there for them. Those are our financial backers right there. So we consider yeah. consider becoming a patron. But also, don't want to don't want to become a patron. You know what you can do to support us. You know you can follow us on Twitter, mm-hmm. follow us on Instagram, mm. subscribe to the YouTube, leave a like. Oh yeah, maybe even turn that notification <laughs> bell on. Smash that like. Smash that like. Leave button, a comment everybody. on every episode. Leave a five star on uh-huh. Spotify. Uh huh. But most importantly, leave a five star and a review on Apple. That's right. Which is what we're gonna read today. We got three reviews. Yes, we do. Off of the Apple. 
Uh, the first one here is from Burger Style, subject line, deserving of praise. They say, as a 30-year-old leftist in a pure red state, Missouri, minus the Blue Islands, it is. it always seems that the pool of leftist creators is seemingly slim. Thankfully, these two are topical, humorous, and well-spoken on bleak topics they address. I've predominantly consumed Rev Left or guerrilla history when getting leftist discussions and ideology, but I'm glad to have another added to the rotation. I was recommended... Uh, I was recommended to you guys by my dad, who was a fifty-eight, who was fifty-eight and an older leftist, which I'm quite thankful for while growing up. Keep it up, guys. No, Keep that's grinding. crazy. Fifty-eight-year-old dad wild. putting you the, on. The fifty-eight-year-old dad is who put the thirty-year-old on to us. Yeah, that's our target audience like, right there. You'll notice it tripped me up because I was about to. I was. Uh, I thought that this person was going to say, "Oh, my!" I put my dad on. Yeah. Because that's usually how these things go. But your dad, your fifty-eight-year-old dad, puts you onto the pod. That's not. How did the dad find us for re- TikTok? Dad's on TikTok? TikTok? I wouldn't be surprised. That'd be nuts. Instagram the, Reels? The boomers are catching up to uh, TikTok now. They're finally it's getting It's not going to be cool anymore. We're no, going to have yeah. to start marketing on something else. Exactly. Maybe. The China app is going to... It's going to get down. banned soon. We're not, we're not going to want so. to. Oh, maybe. Federal ban. That'd be crazy. <laughs> uh, next review. You got this one? I got this one. A Breath of Fresh Air by Tactical Snowflake. Mm. As an undercover leftist working as a defense contractor, this pod saves my sanity. After a long day of putrid takes from my boot-looking co-workers, it's refreshing to hear like-minded people give an educated rundown of political news. If I ever see you out in the wild, beer's on me. Real. Thumbs up. Real. Real. Absolutely. Last review we got here by Happy Hippo 45 writing a review to Own the Libs. They say, been watching clips of these guys on TikTok well over a year now, and I'm glad I finally listened to the pod. So much in such a breath of fresh or so funny in such a breath a breath of fresh air while I live in the Republican hellscape of Long Island. Long Island? George Long Santos? Island? No way. George Santos voter? That's George, crazy. Did you see that they just brought I, they didn't bring like formal charges, but they're they're motioning to like kick him out? Kick him out of Congress? Yeah. Entirely? Yeah. Oh my God. Kevin McCarthy can't deal with that because no. the Democrat will get elected. He needs him. Then he's down one. <laughs> then he's only got what? Like a three seat? Yeah, three seat Something lead? like that, yeah. That's crazy. That'd be so cool. Oh my God, bro. If we could just get more of them on charges. That's what I'm saying. Get them kicked out. That'd <laughs> if we be great. get Matt Gates out, George Santos out, half the Republican Party probably out. Real, real. You know what I'm saying? All right, but you know, next we got some Instagram reviews some for Insta all the people reviews. who uh, don't listen on Apple, but we still want to. Shout out to one, you know, inclusion. Exactly, exactly, exactly. This one's from uh, Emma Claire. Okay. Hi, y'all. I'm not a social media person, but I left a five star rating on Spotify. I logged into my Instagram for the first time in what feels like years to reach out. You guys are great, but instead of a review, I humbly ask that you guys spread the word about my home state of Wisconsin's upcoming Supreme Court election. Mm. Wisconsin has a rare chance at being pro- progressive and getting a judge on the court that will allow for Wisconsin to have fairly drawn maps. We somehow have super close elections for statewide races like president senator and governor yeah super close with ron johnson yeah campaigning on social security something we're going to talk about later uh all seeming to be decided by a percentage point or less but our state houses are widely skewed to the right primaries are on february 21st with four candidates that will advance only two candidates everett everett mitchell and uh janet Protestees wits, I'm so sorry, (laughs) (laughs) are both liberal and on the primary ballot. They are pro-choice and in favor of fair election maps. Great show. Keep up the good work. Mm. Did that say uh, when the election is? uh, February 21st. Oh, oh, wow. That's when their primaries and stuff are. So, uh. That's coming up pretty soon. Yeah, I did hear about this. It is like literally Wisconsin democracy on the line, kind of. Yeah. Uh, Because I think their Supreme Court is pretty, pretty, their state Supreme Court is pretty evenly divided right now. Uh, And more right-wingers just means like, you know overturning election results which is something the republican uh, party will do fundamentally taking away rights mm-hmm. uh for pretty much everybody yeah so um, that's fun i would say the state of wisconsin their population 
you guys deserve to keep your rights, I would say, for now. Um, you know, Facts. things may change, but that's my take at least. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah. agree. I yeah. agree. We got another one coming from uh, Kaylee Nicole. I'm coming over here from Spotify to give my five-star review comments. It's really nice to hear creators around my age talking about current events mm. instead of only hearing content from older generations. I live in the South Bend area, and Indiana is a hellscape. I'm a GVSU alum. I'm so sorry about that. Oh, my God. I grew up near Kalamazoo. That's nuts. GVSU. So, we GVSU. shit on that school all the time on this show. Oh, God. <laughs> you actually know what Seedman is, so I like being able to keep up on Michigan news from you, too. Kaylee, by the way, if you want some shit to get grossed out by, check out some of the edu bills going through the indiana state house my area reps tim wesco and jake teshka uh, authored a gnarly one where teachers can only call kids by the name on their birth certificate no <laughs> nicknames is how they phrased it in regards to trans non-binary kids going by their chosen name funny i doubt their birth certificates say jake or tim being a teacher in indiana is terrifying at times because of those house bills that keep getting brought up i've met with many my representatives while lobbying with my district's union and they're disgraceful oh my god it's like prison it literally <laughs> it's just prison. literally no nicknames oh my god that's that's foul just blatantly that's fucking That's foul. And I think we got one last one coming from Olivia Diaz. Okay. I just started listening to the pod, and so far, I've binged five episodes. It's really helped me get through the nine-to-five office grind, but I just wanted to say five out of five stars for you guys. The only two white men with a podcast I would trust with my drink. That's absolutely High a honor dub. right there. Yeah, no, we, we really appreciate it. We've been getting a lot of reviews lately where people are saying, I'm glad to finally be watching political content led by people around my age. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't think many people do it like us, you know what I'm saying? I, that's what I'm saying, because I don't know. I guess I think about the people that are making like the big ones right now. It's like Hassan. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you got your David Pakmans of the world. Hassan, you know? David Pakman, Sam Cedar, the yeah. Chapo guys. Around 30s or so. They're yeah. all around their 30s, like maybe even mid-later 30s. Real. Nobody's like us. Nobody does Nobody it like us. us. Yeah, nobody just turned 22. We're just like, different. Ah, you know what I'm saying? We're just I different. drink. Ah. Exactly. Time to get into our news coverage for today. Absolutely. First thing we have to talk about is the State of the Union address. So this past Tuesday, Biden held his latest State of the Union. He narrowly avoided our coverage. Uh, I so know. We would have got him in the episode, but he did it on Tuesday, so he couldn't talk about it. But we're here today to talk about it. So we've slugged through, I think it was like an hour and 20 minutes. It was long. I, uh, I was struggling one. towards the end of it, not going to lie. I definitely did speed it up with, uh -huh. the, with the YouTube playback features. Um, but yeah, it was an hour and 20 minutes of Biden speaking, and we're going to break it down for you all, just so you know. Uh, so there's... The, the speech was kind of not complex, but there's different points where it looks good from a liberal standpoint, but not good from a socialist standpoint. So yeah. we're going to have to have our liberal and socialist hats coming on and off this is just throughout a, this analysis. Th there's a whole lot of Joe Bidenisms throughout yeah. it. We we got a couple. I should have taken a taken a drink every time he said it. We got a couple. Uh, I'm a capitalist. Yep. Uh, we got a lot of capitalism without competition isn't capitalism, it's extortion. Yeah. Whole yeah. lot of that going through the whole We, we had a couple uh, jobs not finished. We jobs not finished. We got that a bunch of times out of Joe Biden. Um, so some of the points he made were actually good and salient from certain perspectives, but then, you know, from our standpoint, it's like, well... There's nuances, and yeah. we'll get into that. Uh, the first thing he does is congratulate Kevin McCarthy on becoming the Speaker of the House, which I was like, corny. I guess. Why? Ceremonial, but like, I want, you know us. We want him exactly. to come out swinging, being I'm disrespectful. Here. I'm here for blood. Yeah. That's that's what I do politics for. Exactly. Or at least he should have made like a, a joke or something that like made fun of him for not being able to get it after like 16, not get, being able to get it into like 16 oh, ballots. Oh, he absolutely you know I mean? should have poked fun at that. And it's like, finally, it, it's another speaker, common know? theme that happens throughout the State of the Union <laughs> because he goes on and he goes on to talk about like, oh, I'd like to thank my friends that helped us vote through this X number mm -hmm. of bipartisan bills this year. And I'd even 
even like to thank my friends on the conservative side of the aisle that didn't help us do it because we're all trying to do something. Right. And I said that I'm going to be a president for the people, not just a president for my party. And it's like, Joe, you can still be a president that does good things for the people. Mm-hmm. Even if those people think that they're not good for them. Like, not everybody knows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it, it's that, and it's also, you can't really align yourself with the people who want to do bad things for the people you say you represent. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, the, the Republicans that continuously vote against these bipartisan deals, or not even the bipartisan deals, just the straight-up Democrat ones that are going to help people, it's like, they're only hurting people, right? Exactly. It's like the, it's like the cold open bill, like the Wyoming thing. <laughs> like, they're, they're only trying to hurt people. They'll have justifications for it, you know, whether it's no matter how shitty or, they are or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. No matter how bad they are, but they're hurting people. Yeah. And there's no need to align yourself with them or thank them for participating in the process and it's like joe you can call out these individuals that does not mean you are call outing calling out every individual in their district Mm -hmm. because you shit on ron johnson does not mean you are shitting on everyone who lives in wisconsin right exactly you should shit on the individuals more and that's again we've been talking about it for the last year and a half that's all i want brother just shit on them as people Uh and it doesn't even it it wouldn't have even had to have been joe manchin and kirsten cinema this time around oh there's so many people it could so many people you could have talked about uh, we got a, a bit ahead here, but the first chunk of the State of the Union was touting the W's that he's had so far. So yes. things like the PAC Act, which was the bill for veterans that works as the burn pits, the CHIPS Act, uh, bipartisan infrastructure deal. And he said something like the 300 other pieces of legislation that have passed along bipartisan lines. Yeah. Um, and it's like, so from a liberal standpoint, if I'm putting on my liberal hat here, okay. he does have a pretty decent legislative history so far, right? Being in office for now two full years, um, he hasn't done a bad job per se if I was using, if I'm using liberal metrics to describe what he's done, but of if, course, if we were bought by CNN, right. I'd be loving this, right? But this overemphasis on bipartisanship has watered down a lot of the things that he's wanted to do, and it also he doesn't really mention this at all. But all the good things that were in, say, Build Back Better or the bipartisan infrastructure deal initially were just cut out because Republicans weren't going to vote for it, or Joe Manchin yeah. wasn't going to vote for it. There's tons of yeah. things that bipartisanship kind of just made worse. And I get it, like prog- any progress is progress, but it feels like right now, since he, he's got two more years and he wants to be able to, uh, two more years before he's got to run again, of course, yeah. um, because he's got a little bit more time and now he has a divided Congress, this seems like the perfect time to say like, oh, well, you know, we got this done, but Republicans held up this important component and it's their fault. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I, I don't know why he doesn't do that here. And we, we pass a lot of legislation, but there's a lot more legislation we could have passed had these senators not stuck their head in the ground right. and refused to refuse to work with us on anything. Right. Exactly. Just say that. Like, have a list of, you know, however many people vote because there were Republicans that voted against the PAC Act. Right. Yeah. There were some amount of Republicans uh, was in the it House. Pat Toomey? Yeah, there were people in the Senate that voted against the PAC Act. Uh, there were people that voted against the CHIPS Act, which was a highly neoliberalized uh-huh. bill. Like, there, there. if you want to have your bipartisan deals that you're touting, that's fine. And I think that's something you have to do at a State of the you Union. you got to play the game. Um, but if you're going to do that, then call out the people directly that voted against it. Like, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, who ended up yelling at him anyway. I just don't understand his reluctance to do it, right? And know. there was a lot of coverage following the State of the Union about how, oh, Marjorie Taylor Greene shouted out that he was a liar. Republicans were booing him. This is so out of the ordinary for what Congress does when some senator did it to Obama. It was national news. And it's like, I mean, that's kind of where we're at now. Yeah. I mean, it's fascism, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it's like it's like people like Joe Biden and the liberals are trying to avoid it, avoid it and trying to like pretend that there's still respect for these institutions that exist. But there's not. 
Yeah. So you need to start playing the game in a new way. You need to just call people out, make it about the blood sport. Yeah, because there are still Republicans like your Mitt Romneys who are like mad at the party for booing. Yeah. But the majority of them started screaming like, and we'll get to this later on when he talks about Medicare, Social Security. Uh-huh. He accused the Republicans of wanting to cut it. It was almost the whole party yelling at him. Yeah. And he was like, well, it's only like a subsection of the party that wants to do this. I know it's not everybody. Like he prefaced the fuck out of it and they were uh-huh. still yelling. It's like, dog, they don't care they don't care if what you're saying is the truth or not. They're going to come after you either way because they don't care about the truth. Oh, no, not at all. You may as well come after them before they can do it to you. Yeah, and they, they're they a bunch of conservatives that wouldn't even, like, get up and clap when you said, we're going to keep Social Security around. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, like, what, what are you doing? Right after they said, actually, we want to keep Social Security, mm-hmm. but they can't celebrate the win because it's coming from a liberal. Not even the win, the status quo, mm-hmm. because a liberal's in office right now. Like, they couldn't even clap, and he was like, yeah, billionaires pay their fair share in taxes. Like, there is, there is no decor here anyway no. so you are doing nothing but handicapping yourself rhetorically when you just when you when when you say things like well some republicans want to cut social security but i'm not going to name names because of respect to those individuals yeah. Yeah. why they do like, not respect you it, it's notable to say that like he's made progress in this regards in a way mm-hmm. like this one wasn't as bad as the last one that we covered yeah. it wasn't as much of a snooze fest it wasn't as much of me thinking like oh my god he's literally doing nothing to push back at republicans uh he's certainly gotten better in that regard but there's still so much more oh absolutely. that needs to be done in terms of winning the optical battle and that's really all it is right now with and elections coming in 24 it's like even back to what we we're just talking about you you want to get out here and you want to you want to prime the state of the union with your with your legislative dubs yeah. right yeah but again talk about like your legislative failures too because it's the legislative failures like removing the child tax credit Mm -hmm. that Americans actually care about because it's actually about money in their fucking pocket, Mm -hmm. right? As good as the PAC Act like was as a thing, it's it's not a piece of legislation that directly affects everybody. Yeah. I'm not saying that the PAC Act was bad. The PAC Act was very good. I was very yeah. pro PAC Act like this whole time. You you've heard our coverage. Yeah, we should on Republicans for holding it up. Exactly. And everyone did. But but there's gonna be a subset of people that are like, okay, what about all these things like the fifteen dollar minimum wage? What about the three hundred dollars that I fucking lost under yeah. your presidency? Three hundred a month. Three hundred yeah. a month that I fucking lost because you guys couldn't get something done. Yeah. You can use this as an opportunity to say, hey, these exact people are the ones that are stopping this. Yeah. And he, he sort of gets to that later on when he's saying like that we should, you know, cap insulin at $35 uh, uh, per, yeah. is it $35 per purchase or fucking whatever uh, it's, it is? It's $35 per purchase yeah. for seniors who are on Medicare. Something like that. After he said that it only costs 13 to create and package the vials, so why aren't we <laughs> capping it at 13 Come on. Yeah, that's the question. But like there's, <laughs> he, he gets later on to a ton of points of things that he wants to get done. And he mentions $15 wages. He mentions protecting unions and stuff like that. But the thing that I think he should do is contrast what has been stopped by Republicans mm-hmm. with how bad people are feeling right now or just compare the two. Because it's like, yeah. yeah, we've made all this progress, but a lot of you are still feeling very vulnerable in the economy. Mm-hmm. And that's because Republicans won't allow us to pass the child tax credit. It's because Republicans won't for, vote for $15 minimum wage. It's and just keep like piling it on. Yeah. And he doesn't really get to that point. And I don't know why. And and it's also it also goes to say that like there, there's a disconnect with what he's saying and what the American people are feeling right. He's talking about these good um uh, these these economic wins, mm-hmm. the eight hundred and fifty thousand new jobs he created or something like that, the record low unemployment rates when people are not feeling that. 
Mm-hmm. People are struggling right now. The, these these broad economic measures don't matter when when unemployment's less than three percent. What does that matter when people are working two three jobs to live? Yeah, and that was the next point that he brings up is he says that we're at record low unemployment for like the last forty years or something like yeah. that. And that is true, like three point five percent record low unemployment for the last forty years. Um, but again, it's it's not necessarily a very good measure of how good the economy actually is for the average person, especially when we're putting a gun to their head and making them work. Exactly. Well, yeah, and it's, it is the metaphorical gun because half of people people or more than half of people at this point live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Things conditions right now are worse than they were before the pandemic. And it's like, I, I just don't know how we can justify saying or pretending that things are great or getting better or whatever it is when people are extremely vulnerable in the economy. Like most people, or maybe not most, I think it's like a third or so couldn't afford a, an emergency $400 mm-hmm. expense. Like we are not in good times and we can't pretend that we are. And you need to pin this on the Republican Party. Exactly. This is what creates that disconnect. This is what creates that third of the adult voting population that does not participate in politics, that does not go out and vote mm-hmm. because they see these things and they're like, oh, they're just fucking lying to me anyway. I am not going to pay attention. I'm going to yeah. unplug. Yeah, I'm exactly. going to unplug. And this is exactly what we're talking about when we say sometimes you have to put a, you, you put on your liberal hat and you put on your leftist hat. And these things are very different Yeah, because record low unemployment looks very different to the uh, to the MSNBC stock guy yeah. than it does to someone who is actually connected with regular people mm-hmm. who isn't a bi-coastal elite. Yeah. Yeah. The next point that he gets into, though, is about inflation and supply chains. He goes on for for quite a bit about inflation and supply chains. He notes that it's been a global problem. Inflation Mm -hmm. has been, which I think is good framing. It's what we've been saying. And he said this before, but not on such a public stage like the State of the Union. So it's good. We'll take that point. But he goes on for a while about how we're going to start supply chains in America. Biden is saying something along the lines of, you know, we're going to create the materials we need in America, semiconductors in America, all this kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, from a liberal standpoint, right, liberal hat, this is obviously a good thing. Yes. Even from a leftist standpoint, a good oh, thing sure. to increase manufacturing here in the United States. But my problem with this is that it it can't happen and it won't happen because for – to explain simply or as simple as I can, I suppose – Every president says that they want to start supply chains in America or some variation of it, right? Return yeah. manufacturing to the United States, return production, Make increase America jobs, great again. that kind of thing. Every president says this kind of thing. Um, and Joe Biden is no different in that regard. But the United States is the global hegemon. It's been this way for at least mm-hmm. since after World War II, right? At least since like the 1950s, we've been the global hegemon. The strongest country in the world, both economically and militarily. And there's two things you have to do to maintain this hegemony. You have to, one, continue to grow the economy so you can stomp out competitors. And two, you have to police the hegemonic project, right? You have Mm -hmm. to have military interventions in any country that wants to try to undermine global capitalism, right? Socialist countries or attempted socialist projects are a threat to capitalism and the growth of capital. They can't be had. So you have to invest in those two things. But the problem is that when you continuously invest in both the power of capital and military expenditures, you expand yourself and stretch yourself so far that you end up hollowing out the country from within, mm-hmm. right? Manufacturing starts to flee overseas because economic conditions improve at home. So companies want to reduce costs because that's what capitalism is. Yeah. And so because you've empowered capital, they leave that hollows out your economy because you spend so much money on the military. You have less to spend at home. Pair that with austerity programs like that of Ronald Reagan, and suddenly people are in an extremely vulnerable position. And at this point, because capital is so powerful and because we still spend so much on our military, there's nothing really uh, there's nothing really an American president can do. 
Absolutely. There's nothing we can do to return manufacturing to the United States. That ship has sailed. It would take global cooperation to rein in capital and reduce military spending for that to happen. But that's a a fundamentally anti-capitalist project. And we know Joe Biden says all the time, I'm a capitalist. I'm a capitalist. It's not going to happen. And it's also like there's there's the question of practicality. How are we going to convince these corporations who are jumping, even jumping ahead a little bit to the next story, corporations mm-hmm. like Norfolk Southern, although they don't have many, like that are that are cutting profits at the cost of literal human life and just kind cutting, of writing jobs, up, cutting jobs yeah. and, and expanding profits yeah. at the cost of human life. My bad. At the cost like of literally, life, literally expanding. <laughs> <Yeah>. them. <laughs> Um, how are we going to look at that and say practically practically convince these people to start caring about bringing jobs back home when it hurts their bottom line? Mm-hmm. When they are willing to fucking kill people to yeah. make a couple more billion dollars. Yeah. Why would they want to pay someone here nine fifty an hour when they can pay someone overseas less than a dollar? Exactly. Like that is that is the heart of global capital is that once you empower them, once you basically remove all regulation and restriction on how capital can move, it's going to find a, a place to manufacture their product where it's cheapest mm-hmm. and because labor is a cost of production they want to pay people as little as possible they can't get over regulations here so they leave yeah there's no real way to get them come back without to come back without massive government subsidy and that just makes wealth inequality worse that doesn't do anything for the average person the wealth doesn't trickle down massive we know gov- this government subsidy or just sacrificing the american workforce yeah like there's there's they, Joe Biden is not thinking, OK, when we're going to bring manufacturing back here, when he uh, announces his program to start only using American made goods mm-hmm. in federal construction projects, is he going to use just American made goods or is he going to use union made American goods? Right. He's not going to use the union made ones because they're more expensive. Yeah. Instead, he's going to let the, the regular contractor fuck him over and fuck right. the U.S. taxpayer over when they price gouge us. Yeah. I mean, it's because this whole system doesn't have time to consider humanitarian goals right Mm -hmm. there is no consideration of treating people humanely the only real option here is to start nationalizing services right yeah like healthcare, like energy etc so that they're not made for the point of profit they're not produced for the point of profit but rather to service human needs Mm -hmm. that's the only option oh there's no other choice if you want to return jobs to the country Especially because he he starts talking about I don't I don't know if it's right after this or a little bit later he starts talking about um uh, like cable companies mm-hmm. he's like it's ridiculous that you have to pay two hundred dollars just to switch your cable provider that's not competition capitalism without competition <laughs> isn't capitalism yeah. it's extortion uh, a, a mother should not have to take her kids to McDonald's to get the free Wi Fi to be able to do their homework every night. It's like, okay, Joe, you recognize that this is an issue that capitalism has created. I don't think that if we let the internet company, the telecom company, expand a little bit more, then they'll finally get to these areas and be able to provide a good service for them. I think maybe it's time that we take a service like the internet that is essential to function in modern society and just make it a government function. Yeah. Just just make it run. We're we're not one regulation away from escaping this depravity we're caught caught in right now. We're, We're not. You making it so that um, uh, switching provider fees are are uh, illegal now? That's not going to stop that single mother from having to go to McDonald's yeah. so her kids can get her homework done on the yeah. Chromebook that the school provides. If she's fortunate enough to have her kids in a district that provides a laptop. Yeah, and you add to this analysis, of course, the systemic oppression of marginalized groups, whether it be like racial minorities or ethnic yeah. minorities, whatever it may be, and you understand why things are bad not only for the white middle class, which things have certainly gotten better or worse, I mean, for the white middle class, but also uh-huh. extremely worse for marginalized groups, right? Because there's there's an added level of oppression when it comes to being someone, say, of the black community or being an immigrant, for example. Yeah. Um, and there's just, I don't see what an American president can do at this point to solve this issue. 
because uh, again, the only solution is really the nationalization of programs. And I don't, you can't really do that without Congress. Um, and we know that there's enough Democrats to stop it, but certainly no Republicans are going to vote for anything like that. Absolutely. It's just, not. it's just unimaginable. You, you could, you could put right in front of their face. You can put right in front of their desk, the, the, a report that says this is strictly a good thing mm-hmm. and they will still say no. And they will still twist it optically to keep their base because again, they're not fucking principled. Yeah. Unless it's bad things. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, I don't know, that's just my take on the whole supply chain thing. I think, it, I mean, it's just fluff, right? Every president yeah. is going to say stuff like this. Uh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of seeing it. I'm it's tired it's of seeing a platitude. It. Cause mm. What are you actually going to do? Yeah. Are you actually going to start buying American made for all the construction goods? Or are you going to realize that oh, it, that's not even you? Is the yeah. thing to, or is Congress not going to approve the budget? Right. Which is what's really going to happen is they are not going to approve us working with an American company when they're charging us more than getting steel from somewhere else. And and the crazy thing is, is that when it comes to like buying American made product products intentionally, yeah. we don't let other countries do that. No. The World Trade Organization has like rules against you intentionally buying from your own um from your own country because it's seen as anti-competitive behavior. Uh-huh. It's seen as prioritizing your own companies rather than allowing those in the international market to compete against each other. Yeah, he had to I don't uh, know if we can even do that, but we could probably get around it cuz we basically own we the own WTO. Yeah. Um but we yeah, we don't let other countries do that. He he had to preface that whole statement about buying American made with and this doesn't violate yeah, international yeah. trade practices. Yeah. It's like, okay. And I, it might, I don't, he might be able to get around it. I'm not sure, but it's just, it's crazy how we, we not only kneecap ourselves by allowing capital or by not regulating capital mm-hmm. at all, but we subject smaller countries to the rules that have destroyed our own country all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I just, it's, it's a bad system. It's, 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 it's a bad, a bad system. system. We have, we have to constantly force it to work. Mm-hmm. The government has to step in to capitalism to make capitalism work to then justify and necessitate capitalism's existence. And, and work is a generous term a gen- <laughs> <laughs> to say it works. I don't know. works for because some people. Cap- corporation does not want competition. Competition. Yeah, they do not. They will do everything in their power to curb all competition. Mm-hmm. And the government has to step in, trust bust them or world organizations have to step in and say, no, guys, we actually have to foster competition because that's what makes capitalism yeah. good. Or a, a world organization will step in with all of its, you know, hundreds of countries of allies behind them. Yeah. They'll all get rid of currency for a single country and just crash the economy. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll just destroy some currency, like cause crazy inflation or deflation. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's not great. It's but not great. One thing it's we did not. get out of this whole tri- supply chain talk is uh, the Field of Dream things again. The do you chips. remember the Field of yes, Dreams? Yes, I do. The <laughs> chips in Ohio, right? Yeah. <laughs> he did the Field of Dreams, which if you're a longtime listener, you'll know last year at this time he had a State of the Union where he did the same thing when he said he made it much more dramatic. It was very time, theatrical. Uh, or last time. But this time he just said something along the lines of like, I see a Field of Dreams in Ohio where Intel's going to build a factory. It's like, all right, that is, uh, that's a, we live in the bad timeline, I guess. <laughs> a field of dreams. The thing of dreams is when a uh, chip factory. <laughs> yeah. Not the most boring it's, thing you can it's imagine. It's when chip factory, when in reality, he's, he's not doing this. Yeah. He, he's not, he's not subsidizing Intel's new manufacturing endeavor for mm-hmm. altruistic reasons, right? The reason he's doing this is because most chips are factu- manufactured in Taiwan. Yes, and, like and 90% of the world's chips, yeah. computer chips. And I he think. fears U.S.-China relations, mm-hmm. and he fears that something bad is going to happen there. And, it's and he like, should, yeah. Which, which is like fine, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's it's not because he wants a field of dreams to happen. It's not because he really cares about the American worker. It is because it's 
quite literally a necessity. And it's also because like Intel will lose profits if Taiwan's ever invaded. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the CCP is yeah. not going to allow Intel to be shipping computer chips to the United States or other people Absolutely that are uh, competing with the with China. It just want, like that is it's a major security risk for the U.S. and a major profit risk for the companies that are operating out of mm-hmm. Taiwan. It's just not going to happen. No. So uh, that's the real reason. Um, and then so a usual criticism that we give of Democrats and like we've mentioned already is that they act like things are great too much. Um, oh, they, yeah. they act like things are going well, especially during things like State of the Union's. He uh, Democrats have a tendency to say like, oh, we're doing all this stuff and things are getting much better. Biden at one point said inflation's been going down steadily for the last, what, six months or something like something that. Like that yeah. um, and the problem here is that this causes a lot of alienation from the party because, yeah, inflation may have been going down, but people are still feeling the effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's obviously hurting the. I don't know, bottom 50% a lot more than it's hurting the top 1%, obviously. Yeah, prices aren't going down at the grocery store. I can tell doesn't you that. Doesn't feel like it, bro. I can tell you that. Certainly does not feel that way. Um, and I still think the better message is, and it's one that he didn't use, the better message is that, like, uh, okay, the GOP right now is focused on these culture war issues, like trans people in the classroom, mm-hmm. while we are focused on doing things like raising wages, like decreasing inflation through the Inflation Reduction Act, like protecting Medicare, like making insulin cheaper. But he just still doesn't employ these type of arguments. Oh, uh, no. I don't really know why i i don't get it it's so easy to be on good message yeah but they're just allergic to it yeah part of it's because they're actually beholden to capital in the same way that republicans are yeah yeah Yeah. and we are we can make these critiques funded funded by a a group of angel investors that's right you know over on patreon.com that's right (laughs) those people over there um so he he had a bit about big pharma as well where he mentioned you know big pharma is making big profits we need to cap insulin costs he goes through all of that um, he talks about Medicare being able to negotiate drug prices. And one critique I've seen from conservatives that's been popping up a lot lately lately is that, you know, Democrats keep saying Republicans want to cut Medicare and Social Security. Yeah. And then Republicans say, well, actually, Joe Biden cut Medicare and nobody cares about it. But the pro- <laughs> the thing is that the cost of Medicare has gone down. But the the two hundred million or so that we're not spending on Medicare now is because Medicare can now negotiate for drug prices. And yeah. that makes it cheaper. Yeah. Not that it was cut, but because we just don't have to spend as much. <laughs> and that's what Republicans are mad about, that we're spending less money where we don't need to. <laughs> Dude, I, lo- I love Crazy. it. I love it. I can't, I, can't, I can't fathom it. It's really great. I don't understand how they go to sleep at night. Yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> great. It's really great. Uh, and then there was, a, there was a funny part where Biden was talking about the national debt. And he's um, saying something along the lines of Trump, you know, or he didn't say Trump. He said my predecessor uh, raised the we're debt. we're not using names. Right, right. He said the predecessor raised the debt more in four years than any president had in eight or something which like that. True. Which is true. We talk yeah, about it, it is, all the time. It is just true. Uh, and then he got booed for that. People got really mad about that, um, even though it's empirically correct. It's like de- decorum and respectability is just out the window. Uh-huh. Stop. Stop yeah. adhering to these rules. Like you, you, you further the disconnect that we're talking about. Like the policy disconnect that's already there. Mm-hmm. You telling people things are great when they aren't is furthered when when you try and mm-hmm. institute a respect for this institution that does not fucking exist. Especially because he doesn't have to lie. You know, no. like he can tell the truth and just be more blunt about it. Be more straightforward. He would in fact be telling the truth uh-huh. if he said that Ron Johnson in 2022 said this about Social Security. Mm-hmm. Why are you booing me? I'm right. And now we get to the most viral moment of the State of the Union. Yep. The moment that was posted everywhere. The moment that I saw before I even got a chance to watch it myself. And this is where Biden directly called out Republicans and said they want to let Social Security and Medicare sunset in order to raise the debt ceiling, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the deal that they're willing to offer. The GOP went fucking nuts about this. Absolutely. They were screaming and heckling him for like a solid, 
uh, for like over the course of the next minute, multiple interruptions of them mm-hmm. heckling. Uh, and they were they were really mad about it. But I thought Joe Biden did a pretty good job. This is what I'll, I'll give him some praise for this, even from a leftist okay. uh, with the leftist hat on. I thought he did a pretty good job of saying like, oh, so I guess, you know, it's settled. It's off the table. I'm glad everyone agrees. <laughs> yeah, no, that was I funny. thought that was a that decent was moment. Funny. I like that. I thought it was a decent moment. But of course, Republicans keep saying they don't want to cut Social Security and Medicare. But this runs in opposition to what they've literally said <laughs> literally about Social Security and Medicare. And we're going to run through it. We have receipts. We, we, we brought receipts today. So Rick Scott, Republican senator from Florida, said that in his 12 point plan to save America, he said that he wants to sunset all federal legislation every five years, which would open the door to regular cuts to Medicare and Social Security. Ron Johnson, a Republican senator from Wisconsin, said he wants entitlement programs, including Social Security and Medicare, to sunset every year for reconsideration. He's also called Social Security a Ponzi scheme in the past. Nice. This is a recent statement from nice. Ron Johnson that he's reiterated. Mike Lee, Republican senator from Utah, said in 2010, quote, it will be my objective to phase out Social Security, to pull it up by its roots and get rid of it. This is the same election year that he won his Senate seat. That's how he campaigned. Yes. That's how he campaigned. That's what he quite literally ran on Insane. in 2010. In November, John Thune, the number two Senate Republican in leadership, declared that Social Security and Medicare benefits should be slashed in November of 2022. Oh, recently. Months ago. Yeah. Four months ago. <laughs> months ago. The Republican Study Committee, which includes a majority of House Republicans, released a formal budget that, according to Politico, included raising L eligibility ages for each program along with withholding payments for individuals who retire early or had a certain income and privatized funding <laughs> for social security and lower income taxes that, stri- that's a cut by the way yes like, that, strictly that is, is a cu- just privatizing a cut. funding mm-hmm. for social security for people who don't make enough money is fucking insane it's a cut yeah in 2015 most house republicans including speaker mccarthy uh rep sclazy and a host of others in current leadership voted to raise the retirement age to 70 <laughs> which would cut it's social cut. security benefits for tens of millions of seniors who paid into the system for years. Republicans have a track record of wanting to cut entitlement programs like Medicare and Social Security. (laughs) They try to do it every single year, but now they're backing up because they will will face political backlash if they continue to go down this road because their voters need Social Security (laughs) and Medicare because they get old people out to vote. They can't do it. Like It's it's politically, it's political suicide for them to do this. They they still have the audacity to like try and they have viral moments every fucking year where uh-huh. they try to cut social security and it just gets swept under the rug a week mm-hmm. later this is why i'm saying you need to call these people out by name yeah and joe biden in his state of the union address was he gave so many nuances to the statement he said several yeah. times like i know it's not all of you it's a subsection it's not even nearly a majority of republicans that want to do it I beg to differ. I think Absolutely. it's a majority of Republicans. Oh, it quite literally in 2015, Leadership. most House Republicans. Exactly. Like I, most Republicans do want to cut Social Security and Medicare. They just don't want to say Joe it. Biden prefaced this to all hell saying that most Republicans don't want. It's just a few extreme people. And all of them got angry. Yeah. They just all showed their ass on live TV, <laughs> admitted to wanting to do it because they all got so mad about like, it. Why, why are you mad if he's not talking about you? Exactly. Like he's giving you plausible deniability mm-hmm. here. You don't need to get upset. Yeah, you could have you could have gone to the reporters after the State of the Union and said like you know he called out some members of the party, but thankfully I'm a Republican that will not vote to cut Medicare Literally. and Social Security. They they can't no, even. Marjorie Taylor do that. Green gets on camera and says Joe Biden called us out. We don't want to do this, and it's like bro, come on. <laughs> he called us out. Yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. She, she gets on and says like Republicans do not want to cut it. He's just lying. It's like if he's not talking about you, why does it matter? Why do you need to make a big statement about this? Exactly. Just say oh no, I'm for Social Security. 
Especially your because record speak. people like Mike Lee are on video saying they want to cut Social Security. They campaigned on it. <laughs> yeah. They campaigned on cutting Social Security. It's probably on their website still. Ron Johnson basically campaigned on cutting Social Security, and he still won in Wisconsin. Exactly. Like, <sighs> it's members of your own party saying this. How can you say that the Republican Party doesn't want to? It's nuts. It's absolutely it, nuts. It's just, it's so immensely fun. I'll say it again. I'll say it a million fucking times. It is so frustrating that he mm-hmm. will not just yell at these people. Yeah. So frustrating. Yeah, or it doesn't even have to yell. Just be just be angry along with the American people at what they want to do. Because, like, the, not the, hard. those quotes I read out about people trying to cut Social Security, that's from WhiteHouse.gov. <laughs> Wait, really? Yes. That's crazy. And then the other quotes that you read off are also on whitehouse.gov. Um, I don't think I have the tab open anymore, but I found the tab earlier. Yeah. They have a running tally of everyone who's tried to do this. Yeah. It's it's on your website, dog. But That's he, you. He won't utilize it. Um, back when the PPP loan discourse was going on, mm-hmm. the White House Twitter account was tweeting out everyone who got their PPP loan forgiven. Yeah. To like as as a rhetorical game. Like, why is he not doing that in his speeches? I don't know, man. Like, get get the White House Twitter account intern to start writing your like, speeches. The best Biden speech we've had is the one from Philadelphia, the one on democracy yeah. back in I think September. Yeah. Uh, that was the best one because he was directly calling. He wasn't. I don't think he was saying any names, but he was directly calling out the Republican Party for trending towards fascism. And that was the one that, like, was not widely televised. Yeah, that one wasn't as wide. Well, of course, because it's not a State of the Union. Yeah. But, like, that's the one that actually pissed Republicans off to a to a pretty high degree. Uh-huh. And that's how you know you're doing it right. <laughs> because they are the one. And then he still got bills passed. Like, the, they're still going to try to work with you because they want to maintain an illusion that they're doing something for their constituents. Yeah. But you gotta keep calling them out. You gotta keep pushing the issue. The, the only time he actually, like, got into calling people out in the state of the union was he he made a quick joke about like oh some republicans they're not voting for these bills but they're still coming and asking me for yeah, funding yeah and it's like yeah say who yeah exactly <laughs> say tell, who. Us, tell us names i bet i know you know would be mad right i know you know <laughs> right say on live tv like matt gates from florida second district came to me asking for fun like that would for, be nuts matt gates from florida second district voted no on this thing that uh-huh. would benefit x amount of people in florida second district yeah and then had the audacity to ask me for funding afterwards like imagine if he spent the entire state of the union going through everything he has accomplished saying like who didn't vote for it calling people out by name and at the end he's like the state of the union is strong but no thanks to the republicans party that'd be so fucking like cool, that dude. would be gas I, oh my god i'd cream myself he just comes up I'd with the cream a huge list and he's just calling out names and he's like at the end you know we're doing well but only because democrats have done their Imagine job bro walks out there with a scroll uh-huh hits him with a you just see it go just uh-huh. names oh my goodness and then he he gets to his favorite quote that he can't stop himself from, <laughs> from repeating capitalism without competition is not capitalism it's extortion it's exploitation uh so he, he hit that one again and i honestly don't know who this is for because uh, it's not for us, either. obviously. Not going to convince us to to switch sides. This isn't for the the CEOs you capitulate to, right? They, they do not fucking give a shit. They do not care. Uh, no Republicans going to be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I'm voting for Biden. Like, I I don't know who it's for. Yeah, seems kind of nonsense. Um, and then Biden, he he had some audacity with this one to talk about unions and wages after he just busted a strike. Fucking insane. That was a fun one. <laughs> after he negotiated with the CEO to yeah. stop the unions' demands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the, in the railroad strike, he, he just months, sided with the ago. railroad CEOs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he's talking about the Pro Act, which is a, a labor union or an act that would help to strengthen labor unions and their right to negotiate and bargain and stuff like that. And McCarthy was just shaking his head the whole time, <laughs> like the the chamber wasn't reacting. McCarthy's just like shaking his head, mm-hmm. no. Like, bro just hates labor unions just openly. <laughs> At least McCarthy's open about it. He'll tell True. us. He also said something about 
uh, 30 million American workers having to sign non-competes or they're in non-competes right now, which is a crazy number that I didn't know about. Yeah, that's fu- my girlfriend is in a non-compete. She, that's nuts. she works as a fucking gymnastics coach at this small little like gym, like not like a re- like a college like uh-huh. gym or high school gymnastics coach, like a like a pre-sport like just getting into gymnastics mm-hmm. gymnastics coach she does that while going to college and yeah. they made her sign a non-compete saying that she could not go work for another gym within 30 miles that's nuts like for what well, like, like if, if capitalism does require competition as joe biden says which i don't agree with but like if he says it requires competition that yeah. straight up anti-competitive behavior 100 how can a right winger even justify this if their ideal system is capitalism because you have to sign that to work there mm-hmm. to get a job mm-hmm. you got to sign an nda or a, a non-compete I and think, sometimes NDAs. I thought but. I thought he tried to pass legislation like a year and a half ago outlawing non-competes. I think he's trying to. That was his point of bringing it up is he wants to outlaw them, make them illegal. Because it is. They should be illegal. Like, non-competes are fucking stupid. It, like, even in a capitalist sense, when it comes to like maintaining a healthy a capitalist economy in the yeah. modern age, like, yeah, that's bad. Well, that's the contradiction. Yeah, <laughs> that, exactly. That's the contradiction, it's right? Capitalism Joe Biden out here heightening the contradiction? <laughs> For real. What's going on? <laughs> Comrade Biden <laughs> inciting class consciousness? There's a specter haunting the united states <laughs> imagine if he started his speech like that oh my god so that a would fucking be banger yes he announces capitalism is over there's a specter haunting the united states and it's capitalism <laughs> and the republican party bro opens it up with the history of all hitherto american uh, the history of all hitherto united states history is the history of class struggle oh my goodness bro, opens it up with a banger uh, he moves on um it talks a little bit about investments in education. The framing was fine here. He then he he had the parents of Tyree Nichols there, which I thought was strange because the section yeah. after that was him saying like police are good people. We need to support our police officers he, more. He said, "Oh, I don't have like the direct quote here, but I have like I'm I'm paraphrasing when I say he said something like um every civilian even at a traffic or especially at a traffic stop deserves to go home safely right. afterwards." But yeah. so do the officers who put on the badge every day. Yeah. What are you doing here? The framing is equals is strange. It's not obviously out of line for Biden. He's it's been not, doing this. Yeah. But it is like you had his parents come and you're saying this? Like you, what 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 you are framing the struggle of someone who was pulled over and murdered uh-huh. from a traffic stop violation to someone who chose to go and work a job. Uh-huh. I don't think these two are the same. Right. (laughs) I don't know. And then he goes on after that. He also had somebody, I can't remember the dude's name. Who was there? I think his name was actually Brandon. Brandon. Funny, funny uh, enough, the guy who stopped the shooting. Yeah, on uh, was a Lunar, Lunar New, New Year? Year. Yeah, Lunar New Year celebration. He stopped the shooting. Um, he attacked the guy who had a gun, which was obviously an act of, of heroism. Yeah. It's cool to have him there. Joe Biden then calls for an assault weapons ban. Called on Congress to do more things to uh, curb gun violence, which I thought was fine. Yeah, yeah normal part. At this point, I don't know what like the straight up like assault weapon ban. Like who that's for? Yeah. I, I feel like that's a losing piece of rhetoric right now. Yeah, it's definitely not salient anymore no. after um. Uvalde and the legislation that came with that. And like, I don't think also, anyone has the appetite for it at this point. Like it's also the, the not shooting, that it's not something that needs to happen. Yeah, the but. shooting on Lunar New Year wasn't even done with an assault rifle. It was done with like a modified pistol. Mm. And so mm. it's like, it, yeah. well, he said assault weapons, assault weapons. Yeah. 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 Like I get it. I get the emphasis on gun control. Gun control needs to happen, but I don't think the, we need an assault weapon ban rhetoric is winning anybody over in this yeah. day and age. Yeah. 
Then they moved on to some veterans issues, and I have a really hot take that I'm going to offer. Oh, sick. You ready? Yeah. So he talks about how 17 veterans a day commit suicide uh, because they're not getting the resources they need. Insane number, Insane, right? huge number. He should have said, if you don't sign this legislation that I'm going to introduce you know, next week or whatever, you're killing these people. Oh, yeah, no, that's a Absolutely. good take. That's, that's a good take. He he should have came out and said, if you don't sign this you know, veterans package that's going to give them you know, better health care, better support, free therapy, mm-hmm. whatever it is, then you are killing them. You are killing 17 veterans a day. The blood is on your hands every day that this yep. bill is not signed. Exactly. Like, that's that's what we need. That's the kind of energy we need to be bringing in 2023. Uh-huh. Exactly. And if imagine if he could have got Republicans to like walk out of the chamber. Oh, my God. Oh, bro, imagine if they perfect. booed that. Yeah. That'd be crazy. <laughs> that would be crazy. That'd be crazy. They probably would boo it. It's like, oh, wow, you're booing <laughs> helping people? Wow. You Our want, veterans. You want 17 veterans to die every single exactly. day? Right. The same veterans that Republicans put in all of their campaign ads, they yeah. are not helping you them. Want one veteran to die like every one and a half hours what are Mm -hmm. you what are you doing republicans it's so good it writes itself yeah my favorite part though of the entire state of the union was paul pelosi getting a shout out (laughs) that was funny (laughs) did not expect that he he looked like he didn't expect that he was like oh yeah yeah, paul pelosi he didn't get to sit next to his wife obviously because he's not a member of congress so he was and his wife was smooching on uh kamala harris's husband oh no that's jill biden jill biden Biden. oh fuck you're getting characters my bad yeah that was a crazy (laughs) moment jill biden was my favorite moment of the state of the union mouth kissing doug emhoff i thought that was great but yeah paul pelosi got a shout out um and i love how like in the same room are all the people that accused him of being gay Who said, like, Paul Pelosi was actually having gay sex? <laughs> They're all in that room. Like, he's got to feel awkward. Every single one of them is right there. Except Tucker, I guess. Oh, but, my God. That's so good. That's yeah. actually so good. Great. And then he, he ends on this uh, this little tangent about how we're the only nation built on an idea, which I don't know what the fuck he's talking about there. Yeah. Hitler had no ideas, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Hitler had some ideas, I would say. And that, would, that didn't go well. So overall, fine State of the Union. You know, we've got our critiques and such. Uh, better than last year, but didn't take our advice enough, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a GOP response immediately following this. Oh, really? From uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Not her. Republican governor of Arkansas. Uh, former Trump cabinet uh, something. I don't know exactly what she did. Okay. Ambassador to somewhere. Uh, it's some yeah. foreign relations thing. Uh, but yeah, they chose her to do it, which I don't know why, because she's... Um, She's been in the news a lot recently, I she, feel like. She's not like the face of the Republicans. She's not like a contender for the presidency. Oh, maybe she is. Maybe. Maybe, maybe they're trying to is. pitch her as maybe, like a Maybe it's going to be uh, uh, her, Nikki Haley, uh, Trump, and the number one, John Bolton. Yeah. Um, well, John Bolton's got to win. Yeah. So I don't really care about her. I don't. I don't. But it's like, I don't I don't know why they chose her to do it. Maybe she just wanted it. She, I don't know. I, I don't know the, the process for this. Okay. If it's to position her for a presidential run. Um, she certainly isn't more moderate than Ron DeSantis or Trump because she was saying all the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, she starts off with like Democrats want to rule us with more government control, which is nice. like yeah, controlling insulin prices so people can survive. <laughs> yeah, that kind of control. Uh, you know, the I'm for freedom. He's for government control stuff. She basically recited all the talking points that Biden already confronted. Yeah. You know, she calls him radical. She calls him woke. She says that like he pushed the gas up button. Uh it's like nonsense. That, that's all that they have to do. Yeah. That's all that they have to do, and their base will listen. And then she said she touted that she had banned CRT in Arkansas. 
Uh, <laughs> okay. And then she, right after that, said that voters want common sense. Man, I'm going to go to Arkansas great. and I'm going to do some CRT oh, yeah. and see what she does. I'm going to go it. around. I'm going to tell white people, you suck. Um, and it's your fault that slavery happened. Yeah, white guilt. I'm, uh-huh. gonna, I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to make I'm, others guilty. I'm make it's others a disease. Guilty too. It's a disease. And then she goes on a, a great part of this. Was she said that Biden received a perfect country. She was like economically <laughs> uh, on the border. Everything was great. And it's like, brother, we were in like the height of the pandemic. Biden not only received a perfect country, but he also received a perfect Middle East. Uh huh. When Jared Kushner and it was Donald all Trump brought peace to the Middle East. Well, historically, um, Biden went over to uh, Israel and Palestine and said, let's ignite tensions. Yes. To make things worse. Bi- Biden went to the Al-Aqsa Mosque uh-huh. and actually was the first one to shoot that rubber bullet. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he planned uh, the World Cup in Qatar, too. That was him. <laughs> he, he, that was all Joe Biden. <laughs> the Biden Cup. He was about to get it named after him. But exactly. They, they but he was like, that happen. may be too on the nose. Uh, yeah. And then she she goes on. She says that we're under. <laughs> this is actually a great part. She said we're under attack in a left wing culture war we never wanted to fight. <laughs> Come on, because we're the ones that brought Come up the Eminem's being gay, I'm CRT not, wokeness, trans people. Black. I'm not constantly on the back foot trying uh-huh. to figure out what stupid shit I'm gonna have to gonna have to listen to you say today, yeah. so that I can uh, retort against it on the pod. Oh yeah. my goodness, we're, we're the ones complaining about black people being cast for Little Mermaid. Like, I, I do not have time to come up with my own culture war issues because I am so busy <laughs> dealing with yours. I wish I could and come up with them. I. I, I I wish I could do some social engineering right here, yeah. but I really can't. I cannot. George Soros could give me so much money, and it would not be enough mm-hmm. for me to stop deconstructing all the dumb shit you say all the time. Uh-huh. It just uh-huh. would not be enough money. She also had the audacity to bring up the Little Rock Nine. Uh, what? And say how. So her, her father was previously the governor of Arkansas, Mike Huckabee. Not during the time of Little Rock Nine, though, because that was like the 50s or whatever. Yeah, but he was like a teenager and he threw rocks at them. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was going to say. That's probably what happened. But she was saying, like, I was so proud of my father when he and Bill Clinton led the original Little Rock Nine back into Little Rock High School. Because uh, apparently they came back for some reason. You know, he some, picked up a rock and he threw it at him. Yeah. He's like, old times, huh? It's the thing. It's just like, <laughs> it's like if if she were alive back then, like back during the fifties, she would have been for de- or she would have been against desegregation in the school. Absolutely, it would have been wokeness if that like, happened. She'd now. be anti Little Rock Nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Holy <laughs> shit! Crazy. Uh, but that basically that sums up how she responded. That sums up the State of the Union and the GOP response to the State of the Union. And our response to the State of the Union, the, and the our response one. to the GOP response to the State of the Union. Yes, that's all of it. The important whole list. That's all overview. you need to know with regards to the State of the Union. Yeah, uh, and now I'm gonna derail the episode. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Lives are at risk. Uh, we're talking about a train derailment in Ohio. Uh, we're going to Palestine. We're not <laughs> going to Palestine. We're going to East Palestine. Why the fuck is it named? I don't that? know. I don't know. That's a town in Ohio, East Palestine, a town that's the subject of a particularly awful news story. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about East Palestine, Ohio. Um, so basically, uh, the railroad companies are fucking up again. We there was a train derailment. So basically, a train fell off the 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 I don't know the rails mm-hmm. uh, is. All that means uh, a train fell off the rails in a, a near town of uh, about 5,000 people, East yep. Palestine, Ohio, and it exploded shortly after that. And the company responsible here is Norfolk Southern. 
Um, and that, I think that was was that one of the companies tied up in the labor union dispute. I think it's one of the one of the five big ones. It it's one of the been. big ones. Yeah. For sure. So I'm sure they were tied up in the labor uh, dispute because the unions go cross mm-hmm. cross railroads. It was about 50 cars that were derailed. Uh, so it was a pretty sizable train. Some of the cars were carrying vinyl chloride. At, and after a few days, and a few days after the explosion, there was a controlled burn because yeah. um, you can't just leave that stuff out. Vinyl chloride is an insane carcinogen. Uh-huh. It is fucking nuts. Yeah. It is wildly toxic. Yeah, and it's used in I don't what products is it used uh, in? Do PVC. You know? It's okay. used in like manufacturing like PVC and other like right final chloride things. So that exploited that exploded in a near a town of yes. people, right? And they yes. all had to be evacuated. Um and immediately. Then, immediately. They were told to it's, immediately it's, evacuate. Yeah. It's a carcinogen. You can't be around that. And then they did a controlled burn, which ended up actually I have a quote from The Guardian. Okay. Uh quote, thousands in East Palestine, a town of about five thousand people, evacuated, and officials warned the controlled burn would create Phosagene and hydrochloride, uh, a hydrochloride plume across the region. Phosagene is a highly toxic gas that can cause vomiting and breathing trouble and was used as a weapon in the First World War. Uh, So just releasing insane toxins, not only into the air, but near people. And they weren't there at the time, of course, but this has all kinds of environmental implications, which we'll get to a little bit later. But you can imagine having this happen near people is not good. Oh, simply yeah. not good. I might have Fos- been saying that wrong. Something it's Phosgene. pH phosgene. Yeah. There you go. That's probably what it is. Uh, so uh, not good, right? Not not good not at all. Good at all. Uh, just some some background on vinyl chloride, right? Vinyl chloride is known to cause. It was we found it was toxic way back when because uh, like indus- industrial workers who worked with vinyl chloride in plants where they were producing vinyl chloride mm-hmm. were coming down with hepatic angiosarcoma, which is an incredibly rare liver cancer. Where if you are diagnosed with it, most people die within six months. Nice. Nice. Uh, nobody lives past two years oh, with hepatic oh. angiosarcoma, and it's also a, a vinyl chloride is also a known risk factor for just he, uh, hepatocellular sar- uh, carcinoma, which is just fucking primary liver cancer. Wow. Uh, it's associated with those two things. Those are the big ones. Uh, it's associated with uh, lung cancer, uh, leukemia, uh, and central nervous system diseases. And, and that just exploded. And that shit is people. just in the air in East Ohio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not great at all. And as yeah. we've mentioned before, of course, railways are the backbone of the American economy. Super important for just about everything we mm-hmm. do. We transport a lot of both toxic materials and just materials in general that generate economic growth on the trains that travel these railways. Um, and I think you all can probably guess where we're going to pin the blame. And I think it's pretty obvious. I, I, I don't think there's another place that you could put the blame here. Right. This is very clearly isn't an accident even if this act actual individual act Mm -hmm. is accidental there's a clear line that you can trace back as to why something like this why an accident like this could happen in the first place right and you could you could say if you wanted to well this is just a one-off circumstance you know railways are usually super safe like very small percentage of trains have uh get into some sort of accident or crash or Mm -hmm. and and certainly very few release carcinogens into the air right yeah so you could you could try to spin this as just a one-off thing but the reason that uh, people are raising alarm bells on this is because, of course, this is happening in the midst of rail companies making record, record profits, yet cutting down on their workforces while extending the number of cars on the train. Yeah, it's and like this only makes it harder like for people. 20 percent or mm-hmm. something. I can't remember the numbers when we covered the, the railroad strikes yeah. a couple months ago. Yeah. But they've massively cut down their workforce while increasing the workload on the people who are still there. Uh, some trains are running two to three people for car and yeah. per like train. Yeah. Train two to three people operating them and they're trying to cut that number down to one. Yeah. Uh people who work on trains do not get guaranteed sick days. Mm-hmm. 
fucking insane when you consider they're working with things like carts carrying carcinogens yeah that will uh spoiler alert kill all of the chickens and mm-hmm. cows in the area yeah most of the fucking wildlife in the area is dead now in east palestine yeah and you gotta wonder what that's doing to like human health in the area it literally literally a uh, vinyl chloride in the air at 100 ppm is a risk uh-huh. uh, will will start to yeah. become a risk factor and like a bad risk factor the scary part if you all want to have a little bit of anxiety about this is that if this train had gone further down the train tracks and ended uh-huh. up in pittsburgh it would have been thousands of people impacted oh my so God. many more than just this little town and some uh, and according to some estimates uh some 25 million people in the united states live close enough to a railway to be impacted if accidents like this continue to happen it's millions of Insane. people that could be hurt by this kind of stuff. Uh, and it's all because rail companies are continuously making it harder on individual workers to do these kinds of things. I read somewhere that because of workforce cuts and because workers are being pushed to do things all on their own, yeah. they used to have somewhere around like two minutes to check each car to make sure everything was fine. And now they have like 30 seconds because they Brother, have to do it on their own. I can't even piss in 30 seconds. Exactly. What the fuck can you do in 30 seconds? Right. They no, just don't have enough time. car is? Right. Right, exactly. Because when you're transporting hazardous materials, you don't really have room for error. When you're transporting cancer, uh-huh. <laughs> just <laughs> pure unadulterated cancer, you don't really have much room for error. You can't really make mistakes. Otherwise, of course, people are going to get hurt and we're going to have to evacuate towns. And sometimes that won't even be enough to protect individuals from, yeah. from being hurt by this kind of stuff. And the problem here is that safety requires redundancy. To yes. make sure our supply chains don't, one, fall apart, and two, that they don't end up hurting other human beings, whether that be the workers or people nearby, you have to have redundancies, right? You have to mm-hmm. have multiple people on crew. You have to make sure that railways are constantly being upgraded, that train cars are constantly being upgraded. But this is a cost of production. And not even that, you you need to make sure, you need to have people on the workforce that are there to just sit around mm-hmm. in case they're needed. Yeah. You need to have people that, you need to have enough people working so that when one person calls in sick, another person can reasonably fill their yeah. shift without without having to take their only day off for yeah. the month to fill that shift. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 need, you need backup. You need people that can come in and cover for other right. people. You can't just work a person like a fucking machine mm-hmm. and expect things to run smoothly. But the problem, of course, is that that all is a cost of production. Uh Uh-huh. And rail companies are privately owned. They operate to produce a profit, so they don't have time to consider those kinds of contingencies, Mm -hmm. those kinds of redundancies. And in fact, they are constantly cutting down on costs in the form of making it more dangerous to operate trains and for trains to operate nearby populations. They are trying their hardest to reduce those mm-hmm. critical the critical redundancies. So once again, in an environment of capitalism, these things are only going to get worse. Exactly. And, and Joe Biden just sided with these people. He he just sided with mm-hmm. them. And what? Didn't railroad workers not win any sick days? Or they won like a couple unpaid sick days. Wasn't they didn't like, win any paid sick days. I don't remember how many. I think they got one. Wasn't it one yes. sick day for the I, year? I think it's one. It's it's something like that. So it's absurd. something that yeah. is not, not humane. Uh, not ethical, should not be allowed. Right, exactly. But railroad workers just have to deal with it because this private industry is so intertwined with the American economy that if Mm -hmm. this industry were to collapse, the economy would collapse. If something is that critical Mm -hmm. to the function of a country, I don't think it should be left to the profit motive. Much like vinyl chloride, the profit motive unchecked is a cancer. 
Yeah. And it will yeah. destroy things. It's a good way to put it. <laughs> Isn't it poetic? Literally. Um, kind of zooming back in here and putting the structural critiques aside, of course, there's going to be a lot of problems that this community will face and other communities will face if they are ever impacted by this mm -hmm. sort of thing. As you mentioned, animals are already dying and getting sick. Um, people have been worried about water because a bunch of fish have just come up dead. <laughs> in their streams. In, in their streams, like uh, yeah, nearby water and stuff like that. Did you hear what the company paid out? Yes. The company paid the town of 5,000 people 25 grand. $5 a person Man, for this what accident. what the fuck? $5 a person. Uh -huh. That is not going to cover their medical bills when they get angios hepatic angiosarcoma. You can't it's even. It's not. It's, you, you can't even buy. You can barely. You can buy a candy bar with that. You, you can't even buy like a, a Starbucks drink with $5, <laughs> bro. Like that shit's at least six. It's fucking. It's it's insulting. And it's uh, it's just like the critique we have when, when we look at how like white collar crime yeah. is enforced and punished and criminalized. Like mm -hmm. somebody like Jordan Belfort can steal millions. Millions upon millions upon millions of dollars and then only have to pay about like, I don't know, $500,000 in fines. Certainly not an amount in fines as what they stole. Yeah, yeah. And they can go to prison or jail and a comfy jail, not like a real jail for like two years and come out with all their money still. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly the same yeah. situation that's going on here. Norfolk Southern in in cutting down on these critical redundancies, in decreasing workplace safety, in decreasing general safety for the country mm -hmm. they've expanded their profits by billions of dollars mm -hmm. yet they only pay twenty five thousand to a town of people who they are going to kill some of them yeah they've had record profits this year along with many other companies in the united states but those profits go towards stock buybacks to bump up the price and payouts to their shareholders when we see they're not going cancer, towards making people more safe when we see liver cancer absolutely fucking spike in this community in, I don't know, five, five, maybe 10 years. Mm -hmm. What are they going to do? Yeah, nothing. No What's one's going to go to happen? jail. They're not going to be held accountable. Uh -uh. The, and, and honestly, call me fucking radical for this. The people who are directly making these decisions to cut down on staff, to increase these profits at the cost of human life, absolutely should be held accountable. Oh, yeah. And they should have the fucking book thrown at them. But we never will. We will we'll never fucking do that, at least not in in the near future and like the book doesn't even exist you know what so i mean like true. we don't even we don't even have the infrastructure to do anything about these people they'll face no consequences they have no real incentive to change their behavior or treat human life with a little bit more care yeah there's no incentive for them to for them to do that because we're not going to crack that i haven't even really seen any politician talk about this at all i haven't seen many people talk about this at all yeah uh, and there was a reporter there that was trying to report on and everything was, that had happened arrested and he was arrested like it's it's insane. I I just I I don't understand why we let why we let companies that are so big like this get. I don't understand why we let companies in general get away with this. But mm -hmm. why why these ones? Yeah. Like fucking nationalize it. Yeah, and like there's been I don't even know if I'd call this a movement, but a growing move within the Democratic Party, kind of. To hold big pharma executives responsible for, you know, getting people addicted to drugs. Yeah, holding the Sacklers accountable. And, and all those other kinds of problems that are within our healthcare system. I don't see why we wouldn't apply that same logic here. Yeah. Like, this is, if they hurt these people in some kind of way that's going to cause long-term health effects or even, you know, at worst kill somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they should be paying out thousands of dollars, millions of dollars to these people. Oh, yeah. Because they should be paying out all their profits. It's their fault. 
Like they did. Like it, it is the railroad executives that they did this. Literally have blood on their hands. Mm-hmm. They they have blood on their hands, and they just get to wipe it off with all the fucking money. And I just know that if it was, oh, I don't even know if this is the case, but I would like to think that if it was a government-run agency that all railroads were just operated by the state, yeah, that we would hold whatever government executive responsible. But I don't even know if we do that because we didn't do anything to the dude that like bombed six children as we moved out of Afghanistan. Oh yeah, no, they, he doesn't that, go to jail either. <laughs> Like, we, we have no accountability for these people in high-up positions, there's, and especially not that of privatized companies. There's no such thing as justice. Not at all. It does not fucking exist mm-hmm. in this country. It's 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 absurd, and it just makes me so fucking mad that they can get away with this just for money. Yeah. Just for money. Yeah. There's a lot of greedy things that companies do that I'm like, yeah, that is very greedy, but ultimately it doesn't, it doesn't directly kill people. Yeah. This is not one of them. Well, yeah, and it's like... They just excuse any behavior that's associated with chasing the bag. Mm-hmm. Like any, if it's going to help profits, then it's like morally neutral at worst for them. Like it's either morally yeah. neutral or it's fine because they're going to attain profit. Like, so what if it hurts human life? Like, what's the point of having an economy? <laughs> like, it's just hustle culture and its consequences. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what's the point of having an economy if it's not to like you know maximize human well being for us? Like, the, the the point of organizing a society and having an economy and having money is is not to make a couple people rich and have everyone uh-huh. else work under them. The point, at least, should be to uplift everyone. Yeah. Uh, make it so that everyone can live a meaningful and fulfilling and happy life. Uh, while also fulfilling functions that need to be done to make society run. It's like, you know, we come together, at least I would like to think, uh, because it's easier to live together than separate. Yeah. Humans are um, collaborative beings. Uh We work better when we're in groups. That's how we've survived and evolved. You would think that then we would try to maximize on that trait rather than suppress it uh, and let, you know, railroad billionaires just get away with killing people in a small town in Ohio. Make America great again. Take me back to a hunter-gatherer society. Real. Yeah. Real, yeah. No, <laughs> Come on now. I want to I wanna fucking hunt for my food. <laughs> anyway, I think that sums up uh, that catastrophe out of Ohio. I hope the people are okay. There were no reported deaths, by the way. Nobody has been killed no, by it. There's just a, a lot of animals. A lot deaths. of animals uh, and a lot of environmental toxicology implications. And one journalist just in jail. Or yeah. maybe he's out now, but I, was arrested. Who who knows what's going to happen to that guy? So that's a lot of fun. Wait, you know what? You would think that if the right really cared about free speech, they would lose their fucking mind over that. Being arrested by a police officer, an agent Just of for, the state. for covering? For, like, if that was a Project Veritas guy, mm-hmm. they would not shut the fuck up about freedom it. Freedom of press we is would, in the First Amendment, We would people. never hear the end of it if it was some Project Veritas guy yeah. getting caught lying about having dinner with the Pfizer executive. <laughs> right, you know exactly. what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, anyway. I think we're going to... But we started with Beyond Parody. Bookend. I think it's time that we... And the episode is some Beyond Parody. We're, we're just in a Beyond Parody sandwich today. Really? Really? Yeah. I, I think you could argue that the the contents, the meat of this episode was also Beyond Parody, mm-hmm. considering just the, the insane the shit that goes on within the United States. But yeah. um, the, the story we started with and the story we're going to end with here are two that are just so Ridiculous. wildly out of the loop, both involving children. Oh, I, I didn't think about that one before we started, but uh, that's a connection that I just made off the dome. Children on the mind. Right. <laughs> Whoa, now. <laughs> well, I'm not Matt Gates. We're now. not a Republican. I'm not, not a, a Republican, Republican in Wyoming. But um, today, we're going to zoom in and talk about toddlers with guns. Okay. And why that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, here comes a, uh, a Marxist defense of children with guns. <laughs> you know, Marx said that we should never disarm the working class. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and if children are laborers... 
if children are members the of the children proletariat. children yearn for the mines. Exactly. <laughs> the children yearn for the mines. Anyway, uh, shout out the one guy from Missouri and the review because mm-hmm. we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about your state right here. Bet. Some background. Recently, lawmakers have been concerned about crime in St. Louis. Mm, something too. lawmakers are usually concerned about. Mm-hmm. They love talking about crime, yeah, right? Well, it's rampant. And so to combat this, uh, a bipartisan, loosely bipartisan group of lawmakers drafted a proposal to be added to a larger crime bill that would combat the problem of kids being allowed to open carry on Missouri public property. Wow. State Senator Donna Beringer said this proposal was drafted directly because of police officers in her district complaining about, quote, quote, 14 year olds walking down the middle of the street in the city of St. Louis carrying AR-15s. Brother, what? Yeah. Oh my God, Kyle Rittenhouse and his consequences. Literally. Jesus Christ. Fucking literally. Bro. And it's like, it sounds reasonable to stop that, right? Mm-hmm. No. No, oh, that's that's an infringement on your rights, according to Missouri Republicans. All but one conservative in the Missouri House voted against it, bringing the final tally 104 to 39. Okay. 104 people voted, said this proposal is a bad idea. Oh, they voted it down? Yes. Oh my yes. God, 104 people, elected representatives of Missouri, said actually kids got to keep the guns. One Republican voted uh, voted for it. Wow. Yeah. You would think that like you want to decrease crime, you recognize that the youth are at risk for committing committing crime, being brought into a life of crime. Maybe don't let them have weapons. You, you, you want to protect the children. Mm-hmm. No, brother, the children should be protecting themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Did they say that? Because that sounds no, like something they would dumb. say. Off dumb. Off dumb right there. Oh, my God. You should run for office. should be a Republican uh, state senator. Speaking of things that they did say, Tony Lavasco had this to say. Quote, governments should prohibit acts that directly cause measurable harm to others, not activities oh. we simply suggest might escalate. Few would support banning unaccompanied kids in public places, yet one could argue such a bad policy might be effective. While it's reasonable to be wary of minors carrying guns, any solution to juvenile crime needs to be crafted properly and respectfully of individual rights. I know he's not going after poverty. I'm going to make a bomb. And yeah. I'm going to walk around the city of St. Louis with a fucking bomb in my hand. And there's <laughs> nothing you can do until I actively do something with that bomb. Yeah. See how fucking stupid it sounds? This this is not <laughs> on the level. Of, <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. This is not on the level of minority report. Right. Let's stop crime before it happens. This is, one, open carrying is fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Two, we shouldn't let kids open carry. Open carrying is just an escalation. Only escalates. Automatic escalation to anything. Because anyone who gets in an altercation with you, you you are allowed to presume that they are willing to encounter deadly force. Mm -hmm. Because they see the gun on your hip or the rifle on your back. You know, AR stands for assault rifle, you know. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, it's just it's just fucking ridiculous. I, I don't understand how you can say that. Like, w- w- what if I had a gun on my back and I came and sat in your fucking chambers? Right. Like, Would you be cool well, with you that? You wouldn't be allowed to take a gun. Exactly. Into his chamber. And the thing is, like, what good? Like, I, I get the, I don't, I mean, not to say that it's logical. But I he's get trying the to principle make, here. Right. He's trying to build premises to a conclusion that, like, oh, well, we can't ban kids in all public areas. But it's like, what good is possibly going to come from a kid having a gun? A teenager yeah. having, like, they're... There's no good outcome there. No. They're, they're not going to, like, it's the whole good guy with a gun myth, like, on steroids. Oh, they're not going to protect anybody. It's absolutely. just going to get someone killed. No, especially in, like, a crime-ridden area, too. Uh-huh. You, you know, you're not walking around with it just, like, personal protection. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's, 
open carrying is just so fucking stupid and the fact that they want to want to protect constitutional carry for minors yeah. is is nuts what what does well, a 14 year old need to be doing a, walking around with a gun can a kid even buy a gun in no. missouri a so, kid can't buy a gun anywhere i don't think what's the point of protecting the don't right you to have, have one to be 18 to yeah, buy a gun i would think so i hope i guess Maybe that's at least, at least how it is here Maybe at least 16, but it's like if in Missouri you can't buy a gun as, what, a 14-year-old walking down the street in St. Louis, why— I mean, this protects any minor. Exactly. A toddler could be strapped. Why not say it's not allowed until you can buy one? (laughs) That seems reasonable to me. It seems very reasonable because what's the point then of it? Again, they don't want restrictions on guns at all, but it's also like— Come on now. Uh-huh. And to equate a kid existing in a public space with a kid existing in a public space with a gun yeah. is just crazy. Considering also that it only takes the 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 assumption here, the the thought here is that like, well, that kid's not doing anything wrong with the gun. They're just practicing their Second Amendment right, right? Uh-huh. It only takes a second to start doing something wrong exactly. with that gun. It's just like the bomb example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it only takes a second to start doing crazy shit with it. Y- uh-huh. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be able to. You shouldn't have access to something that can uh, just fucking kill a zillion people in thirty seconds. Yeah, uh, just for fun. You know, I really wonder why other countries that regulate guns don't have gun violence problems. Yeah, I don't understand. It doesn't Does make it? sense to me. You'd think that more good guys with guns would be the ones that are stopping. Uh-huh. It. You would think there'd be more gun violence because there'd be less good guys with guns. Yeah. So what's going on? Watch somebody hear this and be like, "Oh, what about a car? A car serves <laughs> another purpose." Yeah, cars aren't specifically designed <laughs> exactly. to kill somebody. I just, uh, I love it. I love yeah, it. Jesus Christ, guns are designed for a f- defense. All right, brother. I'm gonna move to Missouri and strap up a toddler. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Because it's also like, okay, you're presuming that a seven-year-old can carry a gun. Uh, seven-year-olds, notably, excellent I mean, impulse control. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How else are kids going to defend themselves against the woke mob? Teenagers, notably. Excellent yeah. impulse control. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how, like, they shit on Gen Z so much, and now they want to protect the right to own guns? Yeah. Like, I thought Gen Z were, were crazy. I thought they were, like, the socialist Antifa and it, it's, uh, the, the bad crowd. It's also funny that it's cops that we're asking for this. Mm-hmm. Like, cops want this. Notoriously, police unions are, they back a lot of uh, anti-gun legislation. Yeah, yeah, They're, gun control. Yeah. Obviously, police are 80% Republican, but they understand that, like, everybody walking around with a gun makes their job a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> what are they supposed to do? Again, they cannot act until they start I would, shooting. I would, I would wager to say that it only makes a cop's job harder for it to be a kid with a gun. Like if a cop if a cop has any emotion still it only inside, makes it, you know? yeah yeah exactly they're gonna struggle <laughs> to take out a kid more than that maybe I'm reaching but you see what I'm I, trying I to say I know what you're gonna get I see the lines I see the lines here but yeah there's like uh police unions in Texas routinely uh-huh. lobby against gun legislation like it was like last year we covered some expansion to gun rights in Texas uh, notably expansion before Uvalde happened mm-hmm. uh, and police unions railed against it yeah and they were like bro this is a bad idea yeah because make o- it open carry laws in general are bad ideas uh-huh. constitutional carry is stupid yeah it's all back the blue until they're getting shot by a kid with an assault rifle uh-huh yeah because they can't do anything until the kid shoots like, exactly like, <laughs> golly funny they- how our policies would help police <laughs> <laughs> So where we do, we could even do their grift better than they can. I'm pro every, I'm, oh my goodness, bro. Crazy, crazy. This brings us to the end of the episode? This brings us to the end of the episode right here. Well, thank you all for sticking around for so long, mm-hmm. uh, listening to our coverage of not only the State of the Union, but also some bad news out of both Missouri, Wyoming, and I guess um, 
Ohio as well. Exactly. Not a great episode um, for news. But pretty negative. If we are the anti-gun legislation, mm-hmm. these people right here are the police union. Exactly. There are wonderful they patrons are, yeah, that help financially support us every week. And insulate us from any accountability <laughs> ever. Special thanks to Cricket's Grab Book Layouts, Nikki Nine Lives, Caden Kraut, Lord T, Chris the Postman, Christy Beck, Talia Katz, 40% Spite, Andrew Harris, Mike Chaplinski, Mattias T, Omar Zuno, Clayton LaFed, Mark Yeager, Sarah McRoberts, Dylan B, Kaz, Caleb Joyt, Jim Bobs, Carl D, Rich Toro, Tari, Gavin Myrmo Donato, Hunter W, Fergalaki, Max Vasquez, Jacob Rogers, Colton Muberry, Fixer Punk, Jim Egbers, Jeff Muzzy, Ted Cruz, the Boy Toy, Bagel Burrito, Cincy Alex Bread, Joe Stenstrom, Austin Reed, Adrian Sandoval, Chloe Sam 601, Colleen Cuts, Timothy Espinoza, Gregory Isn't My Name, Fair Yuck, Jennifer DeVoe, Big Bird, Titty, Eliza Crawfish, and Beneth Bennington III, Alexia Benanti, Nick, Big Booty Beatdown, Moises T, Sam Maloney, and my mom. Thank you all for supporting us on Patreon. If I, you know, we've been getting some new patrons. Um, we've, we've been getting a Week in, week ones. out, we're getting new people joining, oh and I'd goodness. love to see it. If you're not on the list, if we missed you, let us know. If I'm saying your name wrong, let us know. Let us know because I want to be respectful. Um, also, on God. I feel like it should be said, I'm not actually going to make a bomb. I do not know yeah. how to make a bomb. FBI, if you're listening yeah. to this. <laughs> <laughs> Did it mean it? I, I know there are some feds watching. I was purely rhetorical. At least one. If, at least one. At least exactly. one fed in at our audience. At least one fed. Uh, that was purely rhetorical. Uh-huh. Um, it was it was a thought experiment. You know, we don't make much money off. We don't make any money off of YouTube yet. True. Uh, but we're definitely not on this episode. That, <laughs> that was a threat. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.